0: The Portland Trail Blazers are looking like Western Conference title contenders. That may be a little bit of a stretch because it's so early in the season, but I'm going to go with it right now because they are tied for first place in the West after 13 games. Hello, I am Aaron Fentress. This is the Blazer Focus Podcast, supported by Zoom Care, Beyond Better Healthcare. And I am back from a long six game trip, <laughs> 11 days. They played uh, six games in nine days. I was gone for eleven. I'm back. It was uh, definitely exhausting for me. I imagine even more so for the players. But wow, they were great on this trip. Four and two. I would have never in a million years thought they would have gone four and two on this trip when the season started, when the schedule came out. But here they are, and here to talk to me, talk with me about it is Andrew Thien. I got rid of Craig Burnbach. He was challenging me too much. He was trying to get up all my grill when I had an opinion. So I had to, no, I'm kidding. Craig is on vacation with his family. So Andrew <laughs> has been kind enough to join us. And I look forward, of course, to having Craig back soon. But Andrew, you are a podcast editor. You're also Correct. a huge Blazers fan. Uh, what did you make of the trip from your vantage point?
1: Oh, man, that was so much fun to watch. And uh, we were just before we hit record, I was just saying, like, I don't know how you keep this straight, Aaron, because I'm trying to think of what happened when and in which which city and I've already lost track and you were there for all of it. But I mean, this is one of those like every few years, there's a big road trip that they go on that just. Gets the fan base excited and makes you that much more excited to show up to Moda Center for the home games. And uh, I will be in attendance on Thursday for what I believe is my first game since the four overtime playoff game against the Nuggets. So I'm really? very excited. You haven't been to a game since then? You know, there's a pandemic and there we're just, you know, I didn't make it there. Okay. I didn't make it, but I'm so I'm going to be I thought there. Thought you were on a Thursday. fan, but
0: all right, I guess. Uh, Two small fan. kids. <laughs> Two small kids. Okay, good excuse. Good excuse. Uh, yeah, it is tough to keep track. Of. As a matter of fact, the Blazers put out a press release where they said something happened on Tuesday, and I had to go double like double triple check. <laughs> and I was like, no, that was Wednesday. So I messaged them. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. They, they, when was the New Orleans game? I go, like, well, that was Thursday, and Charlotte was Wednesday. Go, oh, okay. Um, but there were several times when I was writing about something that had happened. I had to go back and check the schedule. Okay, yeah, that was Wednesday. And I, <laughs> I traveled that day. Oh, that's right. Miami was Monday. That's right. Because the Phoenix was Friday, Saturday, not Saturday, Sunday. It just becomes a blur after a while. And then you, you I actually had this thought in uh, New Orleans. I was like, now I know what it must be like when you're a, a, mu- a musician on tour. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and you don't want to say, let's go St. Louis. And you're in Memphis, right? <laughs> you want to make sure you got your city straight. And a few times I was like, what city? Like? am yeah, I don't know. But uh, but no, it, it was interesting. That was my first super long trip Um, with anything, really. I mean, I did a four-game trip last year, but obviously football covering that all my years. I mean, you went on long trips, but you were in one place, like for a bowl game. You were in one city, one hotel, preparing for the bowl game. But it was a lot of fun, and this group's a lot of fun to cover. We're going to go through my five observations from the trip, which pretty much encapsulate everything that went down on the trip Um, you know, like I said earlier, I didn't see them going four and two on the trip when the schedule, when the schedule came out, as a matter of fact, when Craig and I did a podcast a few weeks ago, I was saying that after this trip, they needed to be at least five and eight (laughs) for me to believe they had a chance to be a playoff (laughs) team. And here they are nine and four. So I'm like, Hey, this is, this could be a Western conference finals team. And I don't think that's a stretch. I don't believe there's a team in the West they can't play with. The Gold State's struggling. Lakers are pretty much out of it. Minnesota's struggling. Denver's okay. And they've already beaten Denver. They've beaten Phoenix twice. Like, why can't this team contend in the West? I don't see a reason why now, right now, why they couldn't. But hey, it's a long season. They could go on a 10-game losing streak for all I know in January, and then we'll change our tune. But anyway, uh let's, let's go to your let's list. Let's do this. Let's go to it.
1: All right. So, you know, as a fan, it jumps off. The screen just when you're watching that this team appears to like each other and um the first observation that you had is the team chemistry is undeniably strong obviously Damian Lillard is tweeting it's a beautiful thing (laughs) and uh, you know I mean that's what it looks and feels like from the outside what's it like when you're there and you're getting to talk to the team you know on the road
0: I think you see it, you know, um, you know, obviously my time with them is a little bit of pregame and postgame. Uh, they didn't have any shoot arounds or practices, which was kind of BS, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, what you, see, and then I, I talked to people who travel with the team and they're all saying, yeah, this is a really close knit group. And Damien's talked about it. Josh Hart tweeted the other day. I love this team. Uh, and when you talk to them about what's going on with this team and is there something brewing and they're like, you know everyone's just on the same page and part of this started with obviously going out and trying to identify the types of guys you wanted and bringing them in which they did right. with hart winslow and grant and then peyton who hasn't played yet and then damian lillard being the point person and being in their ear constantly uh, leading up to the season about what he expected about what they can do to help themselves because everyone wants to help their own career Uh, but what they can do to help this team win and what their role can be and buying into that role. And really, when you look at it, like, you know, Anthony Simons is a rising young star. He has no problem, though, being the second fiddle to Dame. He's not, you know, this guy who he wants it now. He's got to be the guy now. He's just not built like that. And Dame helped raise him him to not be like that, right? Not (laughs) that he ever would be. I'm just saying, but that influence is there. And then someone like Jeremy Grant, who spoke today, uh, and we asked him about this and I asked Chauncey about this, like he had a taste of being a number one in Detroit and we'll talk about more about him later, but he's accepted basically being the number three or the two beat with Ant on this team and he's cool with it. There's no ego. If he goes out and gets 10 points, goes out and gets thirty, gets 30 points, as long as they win, he doesn't care. And then, you know, someone like a Justice Winslow, Justice Winslow was a 10th pick in the draft and this guy hoped probably by now he'd be a superstar. He's not, but he's a really good player who can do a lot of things especially defensively and can run the point. He's a the third point guard on this team. He started at point guard and they beat Phoenix. And so here's a guy who is accepting his role as a non-starter who plays some 1, some 3 and some 4 and some 5 <laughs> and does whatever you ask him to do. Josh Hart, you know, from our first round pick, played for the Lakers, Pelicans started there. Um now he's not he's starting but he's Literally the fifth option on offense. He's the, you only shoot it when you're absolutely wide open and when the offense just comes to you. Because Dame's first, Ant's second, Grant's third, at, or it's 2B. And then sometimes they run the offense to Nurkic. Hart is accepting that role. And, and doing all the little things. His rebound is amazing. I think he's the top rebounding guard in the NBA. And he knows he could score more, but he's cool with it. Like he's cool only getting six shots a game. And he got the big shot in Miami. So yeah, I to was have all, say. <laughs> yeah, to have all this. And then the youngins, you know, the the Keon Johnsons, the Trenton Watfords, the Jabari Walkers, and of course, Shaden Sharp. Um, they're all playing their role. Sharp's seventh pick in the draft, you know, but he's not a diva. He's not, I want mine. I need to be this, I need that. He just does his job and plays his role. And part of that is Dame's influence as well. So, from what I can see, from what my time around them, the chemistry is absolutely money. And Dame said in Dallas, he said, I asked him, what did you learn most about this team on this trip? And he said that we are legitimately together, like it, we are connected. We're a unit. When things go when things go bad, we figure it out together. We can come back from a team going on a 19-2 run like Charlotte, 19-2 run, excuse me. We can come back from getting blown out at Phoenix, from being down at Miami. We can figure out a way uh to get it done as a team and, and come together and rally and believe in each other and have each other's back and everyone play their roles. And to me, you know, if you have that, uh, you have a chance to be better than maybe the sum of your parts. You know, you could have a good roster, but if you have the chemistry, you could be great. You can have a bad roster if you have a chemistry, you could be pretty good. And they have a, a at least a very good roster, and with that chemistry, they have a chance to be pretty pretty great.
1: So obviously, as a fan, the chemistry shows up when you're seeing crowd. You know, the bench shots when everyone right. is is excited, and then the obviously, uh, I guess the new tradition of swarming around Brookles <laughs> right. and Dan, <laughs> which. It's just great, uh great to see, but are there any other um beyond all the context you just gave anything else that you've noticed uh or just being there that you noticed that kind of points to that chemistry?
0: Wow, didn't I cover everything?
1: I think um. you covered it all, but I mean are there any anything else you um you know well, I, any I other I f- tales from the road,
0: yeah, I mean the, the one thing I noticed was <clears throat> during games how engaged. The benches, not just, you know, in a big shot and they're swarming, but how guys will be up and, and pointing and and talking and instructing and or, or encouraging. Or if someone goes down the floor, guys will, you know, they're, I don't think they're supposed to leave the bench, but they'll come off the bench and help them up if they're real close to them or whatever. And it, you can just tell that everyone's in tune with everything that's going on, whether you're Lillard, who's out. For a game, and he's pretending he's being an assistant coach, mm-hmm. or even the younger players who, you know, Jabari sometimes was up, or Trenin was sometimes up, like pointing at something or calling something, whatever. Uh, so just seeing how they will, ha- you know, have each other's back—not just on the court together, but if you're on the bench helping out and being involved and in tune with the game.
1: All right, let's move to number two on your list of five observations. Oh, I guess wait, wait. When,
0: when, when, I guess there's one other thing when with uh, Josh Hart. He had, a, he had a big shot against Miami. And then we talked to him after Charlotte. I think he shot poorly in Charlotte or New Orleans. I can't see. I can't remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I we're all talking to say. him. And uh, Dame comes in and is at his locker, a couple lockers over, and starts singing Brick House from the <laughs> Commodores. Shane uh, he, he says, Oh, he's a brick house. And then Hart starts smiling as he's answering the question. Uh, so there's an example of, you know, Dame giving Hart. Grief, but we all, but at the same time, Dame has done interviews where he's just praised Hart. So it was just, it's just how guys are in a locker room. And it was something else the other day. Oh, with Nasir Little, he was being talked to about the big game he had at New Orleans. where We had a lot of clutch baskets in the, in the second half. And uh, Josh Hart, you know, sort of jumped in and was like, he's a shooter. Y'all need to tweet that or something like that while he was talking. Uh, <laughs> Justice Winslow took the mic one day and started interviewing Jabari. Uh, with some ridiculous questions. I think I caught that in the video, but I forgot to post it. Maybe I'll post that later. Uh, so little things like that occur here and there.
1: Got it. Um, okay, so number two on your list, though, Aaron, is uh, the defense. And the defense, I mean, it seems like it's just no way around it. It's legit.
0: I mean, at this point, like, they, they were playing well at home. I wanted to see what they do, what they do on the road with two Phoenix games, the Pelicans, and, of course, Dallas. Dallas got to them. And it was really tough without uh, Justice Winslow that put him on Luca and maybe disrupt him a little bit. Right. So, uh, you know, not as big, but Winslow's 6'6 and a pretty, you know, built strong dude who loves playing defense on high end players. And then just having Nurk protect the rim. Like Luca right. was just able to do whatever he wanted to and guys were slashing and he was hitting them. Um, so that was just, that was just a tough situation. That's like if you're an NFL team and you're missing your best pass rusher and your best defensive back you know how are you going to do well against a very good passing quarterback you're probably not and that's what sort of happened in that game um but the fact that they they locked up phoenix twice even the game they lost was 102 82 and then new orleans entered that game averaging 118 points per game they held them to 95 and that was with zion cj and brandon ingram yes they were on a back-to-back but so were so were the blazers right
1: exactly
0: with <laughs> no nurk yeah, with no Nerg, exactly. So, and, and the way Trenton Wofford and, and Jabari and Eubanks played inside protecting the rim was just crazy. Cause I, I, I'm envisioning Zion going in there, dunking left and right, and Ingram. And th- whenever they went in there, they were just met by two or three bodies and hands up and aggressive. And it was just amazing to watch how uh, just in sync they were in their rotations and everything. But the, the eye opening thing for me was the game, game one at Phoenix. You know, yeah. no dame, no ant. You're expecting them to lose. And right away, it was like within, and they were losing at this point, but it was like six, seven minutes into the first quarter. And you were just, I was looking out there and I was just like, you know, you got Hart, Winslow, Sharp, Grant, and Nurkic. So you lost firepower with your two guards being out, but you gain height, <laughs> you gain athleticism. And the way they were just moving, I was like, man, that looks like that would be really difficult to score on <laughs> and Phoenix had trouble with it because they were so intense and they were just, They talk pe- people in the NBA talk a lot about moving, you know, being connected, being moving on a string, you know, how it just sort of flows together and they were just phenomenal. The way, you know, if you if you get a, think you're open for a three and here comes Shaden Sharp flying at you with his athleticism to get up in the air or Winslow or Grant, like that's a scary proposition. You're going to have to alter your shot. And so that night I was just like, wow, These guys are getting after it. And and it just continued the entire trip until Dallas. And again, we just talked about they were missing some key parts. But I'm just of the mind now. I think they're – I just wrote about that. On that trip, they only gave up 103 points per game. That was counting the Dallas game. Uh, And for the season, they're at 104 points allowed per game, which is top three. And defensive rating-wise, I think they're fifth or sixth coming into Sunday's action. Uh, Look, I came into the season saying, hey, if you're around 10, 11, 12, Cool. They're top five, top six. That is phenomenal. And it, I don't think it's going to go away because the parts are there and the commitments are there. And they don't and have the Peyton part... back yet. Imagine they get Peyton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of like you don't know what you have. Um, obviously, you, you think you know what you have because this is a guy who, you know, the reason they were very excited to bring him in is he's a guy who can guard – four positions on the court i don't know maybe even five depending on on what you want to do with your lineup so i mean it's it's almost an embarrassment of riches um and that kind of leads us to your third observation which you've kind of already hit on but that's just the depth and versatility of this squad um and i think this is kind of pointing to what you didn't really have to mention but it's kind of the undercurrent in your list aaron and that is chauncey billups we had so many question marks about whether he could coach. Um, he has a full cupboard, which we weren't maybe anticipating, but he's pulling all the right dishes out of that cupboard, and uh, it's been pretty fun to watch.
0: Yeah, the fact that, that Day missed three games, Nurgerts missed three, uh, Anthony missed two, and Grant one, and Winslow won, uh, and they still went four and two, just speaks to the depth. And... There was, you know, obviously the first game I thought they were going to lose. The Pelicans game, I thought they probably were going to lose. They sat Dame out. Ooh, Dame was pissed. Ooh, (laughs) Dame was not happy. (laughs) Dame Dame walked past me in the tunnel and he just gave me this look. I was like, sorry, man. He's like, just shook his head as he was walking out to the court. Uh, That was
1: managing the calf strain, right?
0: Yeah, that was, it was going to be second. It was going to be back to back and third game in four days. And they were like, yeah, "Yeah, let's not do this. That was night they were going to play CJ. So I was kind of, Bun myself. But uh, yeah, I mean Bills just looks at his roster and says, Okay, well, but this guy here and that guy there. And even though you lose certain elements that certain players bring, everyone's still doing the exact same job they're supposed to be doing, especially on defense. And if you if your defense travels, then you should be able to be in every game. And so, if you're losing offensive firepower, but your defense doesn't lose anything, or maybe even it gains something, which it did in the first game against Phoenix without Damian and Ant in the lineup, which no knock on them, but yeah, if I, if game's on the line. I'd rather have those two guys out and have Hart, Sharp, and <laughs> Winslow out there. But anyway, the point is, is that 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 defense stays, and therefore you you have a chance to manufacture points. Another thing about that Phoenix game, they had 30 assists; they were averaging yeah. 21. So that's ball movement and finding the open guy. And they, they did that that kind of thing along the way uh during the trip. And I already mentioned you know Watford and um uh jabari coming off the bench against New Orleans. Keon got hurt on this trip, but in, in the first game against Phoenix, he had 12 points, four rebounds, and played some really good defense. Uh, there were 12 guys who legitimately contributed to victories on that trip. And Eubanks, I mean. You make like 10 points in the first quarter against Charlotte. He makes mistakes. He's not a guy you went out there for 35 minutes, but every game he would have yeah. some blocked shots, some disruption, some something. And you're like, whoa, You know he's contributing. And so, yeah, it's been very impressive to watch this depth. Greg Brown three has been uh, sent down to the G League. Peyton's going to be coming back soon. But legitimately right now, in, in bits and spurts, everyone on this team is capable of contributing.
1: Yeah, because when you looked at the team's fundamental weakness before the season – Started um, the worry. One of the big worries was the backup bigs, right? right. And how's that going to play out? I mean, obviously, it's still very early, but I mean, you have to feel pretty encouraged.
0: Yeah, o- offensively, you're going to lose with those guys, but defensively, they're they're bringing it. And one of the things Chauncey said, and this is this is so true. This is one thing I noticed about Trenin last year is that when Trenin's in there, or when Watf- or uh, Jabari's in there, even though they're not a focal point of the offense. They're smart players with the ball. Yeah. So when the ball comes to them, they're making the right decision with the ball to keep the offense moving as it should be. And then if somehow they end up opening the lane, dunk it. <laughs> you know, mm. you don't want them necessarily doing fadeaway spinning baseline jumpers, but they're NBA basketball players. If they're open, they can make a shot. Uh, but they're smart players. They, they make the right decisions. Jabari had a – I can't remember what game it was. But he had a really nice play where he just made a nice little flip pass inside the Eubanks for the dunk. Uh, Watford's constantly making really good choices with the ball. So yeah, the, the it's the 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 front court defensively is legit depth wise. Offensively, eh, not so much, but like I said before, if you got the defense, everything else will fall into place.
1: And those are what, two, three second round picks? I mean, I I I don't remember where well, Watford was picked. Yeah, Watford wasn't picked, and he was yeah. the, the two way who they signed because they knew what they had. Right, uh, and then obviously Jabari uh, felt he's, he's going to
0: be legit, man. Like I give that guy a couple years; he's just too smart and too smooth uh, to not develop into a legitimate, maybe even starter. I, 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 mean, I know a lot of people like him too, but he's just too smart and skilled to not become good. I
1: yeah, think. but. Before we get to the the fourth uh, item on on your observations, I think the the Miami game they were at full strength, right? Everyone was playing in that. That was game. the
0: only game where all five starters started.
1: And what happened at the end of that game? Who who was in there for the closing push that really turned the tide? It mirrored that first game, right, where it was a, a certain man uh, named Justice Winslow who closed that thing out. They went small, right? I mean, that's where Chauncey went. Oh, small, that's what you're talking stretch.
0: about. I was, I know what you're getting. There. Yes. <laughs> I was alluding. Yes. I was being cute. I was like, Wait, what's he talking about? Okay, yeah, sorry. I mean
1: that um, that was that was the that was the story in the Sacramento right. game too, right?
0: Yeah, they they took Nurk out and they went small in that game, and that they were able to, um, ramp things up defensively and not lose anything offensively. And when you're playing against a team that doesn't have a big, that's gonna you know, really burn you inside. Uh, they can do that. And then now they're, they're so much better at switching and playing their matchup zone if they want to or what have you. And so, and versatile. And then when they get rebounds or force a turnover, they're boom, they're gone. You have an extra guy out there who can really run the floor. And that, that did turn the tables for them in that game. And uh, I think Winslow played 12 minutes in that quarter and uh, Nurkic only played six. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a great example. I see. So yeah, I spaced that already. I wrote. I actually wrote about that too.
1: Yes, you did. <laughs> it's all a blur. All right. Well, before I give you credit for this next one, I'm going to take a little little tiny bit of credit that I said Jabari Walker was going to play on this trip, and I think he did right off the bat.
0: Yeah, he played a lot because half the team was hurt. But yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, number four in your list of observations that I feel like the world is really starting to become aware of um and i you know i listen to a lot of blazer podcasts i listen to a lot of nba podcasts i have never heard anyone other than you aaron fentress talk about jeremy grant being a all-star as a blazer and I'm gonna <laughs> you you said this there's the I tape did. we can run it you said it multiple times I don't think you ever said this year you might have couched it I said in, in might,
0: a blazer's uniform
1: I know but right. I, I feel like you were pretty close to making that prediction that this year was even a possibility too so but regardless I mean kudos to you and uh he's been a perfect fit it's been just remarkable
0: yeah it has and I wrote like a 1500 story last year Winter about how he would fit perfectly here. I was big proponent of them trying to get him no matter what. When those rumors started coming out, I was like, yes. Uh, you know, the the only thing about him was in in Detroit, he probably didn't succeed as a number one. He put up points, but his efficiency ratings were not good. His shooting percentages were not good, but. Uh, if you looked at his numbers in OKC with Westbrook and George, you looked at his shooting percentages in Denver with Jamal Murray and Jokic, and they were way better. And so I just figured, man, you put him on this team with, with Lillard and Simons, he's going to get good looks. (laughs) And so, and that's happening. And like, it's, he's, when he gets an open shot, he is open and he's in the, in the, the extra nugget though, is that if you need him to play more like a number one, he's been there. He's been in situations where he's drawn double teams where he's drawn a lot of attention. So you have a guy that you can go to to sort of carry things, which they had to do at Phoenix. Without Damien and and Simons, Grant was your number one. He scored 30 points and and the game winner in that game, right? Mm -hmm. When uh, Lillard was sidelining against against New Orleans, you know, Johnson said he went to him and said, look, I need you to you know, be more aggressive and take shots. Because like, there's different types of shots. Like there's, okay, within the Florida office, I get the ball, I take a shot. Or I'm going to force things because we, get, we need some points. And so he told right. him, you know, it's okay to take a three early in the shot clock if you think you have it. And he had 27 in that game. And then, you know, against Dallas, they lost. But he had 37. He was on fire, man. He was just killing it. Uh, so... You have a guy who's been a number one, but who doesn't mentally need to be one. His ego is not an issue. He's cool with being the third option or to be, as I've said, with, with Ann. He's fine with that. And he's so even keel and so low key. He's just about winning and he plays defense. And he can guard every position, including point guard. Like It's just flawless. And so I asked Damon today, I said, you know, there's been a lot of talk for years about the Blazers trying to get a guy like Grant who's an already established all-star. Right. But does it feel like you're getting a guy who's just coming into his own as a potential all-star? Right. With the same kind of attributes. And Damien made the point. He's like, hey, sometimes it's tough to be an all-star because there's so many good players, but he's playing like an all-star. So at the end of the day, even whether he's an all-star or not, he's giving us all-star quality minutes and doing things that we haven't had someone do. And it was apparent on this trip. I think here's the stats here. It's just it's just stupid. So twenty four points, twenty six points, five point four rebounds, three point two assists, one point two blocks, shooting fifty four point eight percent from the field and fifty five point two percent on threes. That's just dumb. <laughs> I mean, that's, he's an all star right now. How's he down. not? Well, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, right. not, he's not going to shoot fifty five percent for the season. He's going to shoot, I think, though, right around forty. Because in Oklahoma City and in uh, Denver, he had years when he was right around 38, 39 when he was playing mm-hmm. off of other people. So I think he's going to be right around there again. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out right now, I mean, based on where they are in the standings, if this were to continue, there would have to be a second all-star from this team and it would be him. And yeah. so, I, I mean, it, if he continues to be an impact player like this, they they to me are, are a huge threat in the West.
1: Yeah, the the thing that – the defensive play he brings to is just – he is so – his arms are so long and he comes down, uh, you know, whether it's he, – he doubles and he'll come down and just strip the ball. I feel like he's been excellent at that throughout the season, whether, um, you know, not even just on this road trip. He's right. always in the right place. Um, and, I you know, I'd like to see him shoot more threes, honestly. I mean, he he's hesitated a few times and then he'll – come in uh, you know, and try to take his uh opponent off the dribble or whatever. I mean, that's done numbers as well when he's, you know, taking Zion and just destroying him and Oh my God, uh, he making... crossed him over and went inside
0: <laughs> and dunked that was that was phenomenal. But
1: it's just uh I, I was pretty optimistic about how this would fit as well, but just seeing it with your own eyes, it's uh it's a beautiful thing. And um his demeanor too. He just thinks it, it seems like he fits uh, on every level that you could possibly want him to fit. So it's just been fun to watch.
0: He to me is like, if you couldn't get Paul George, you couldn't get Kawhi Leonard, you know, over the years, those those guys were linked to Portland. Um, but you got the next tier down and still growing. He's only 28. He's just entering his prime.
1: All right. Well, let's go to number five on your list of observations. And that is just, you know, some teams, they've just got that it factor and, uh, this team might have it too. They have been clutch, whether it's Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons. I mean, there's so many moments already. This team has it.
0: Yeah. We all know Damian Lillard is a big shot maker. Um, and so, and everyone in the league knows that. He's one of the more clutch shooters in the history of the league, actually. I think I've seen stats out there where within this amount of time, blah, blah, blah. He's always He always ranks really high in those. Uh, but to have the first 13 games, you get Simons with a game winner when Damien gave him the ball. You get Damien denied against the – oh, my God, what team? The Lakers. And Grant gets it and drives past LeBron and, and through Davis to score – and then, of right. course, Grant hitting that game winner at Phoenix on this trip. And then, of course, Hart passed off by Damien. Damien could have taken that shot, but it would have been difficult, but that's what stars do. But smart players pass it off to the wide open guy. Um, I know people have vilified LeBron every time he does it, but even as a Michael Jordan fan, I'll say that's garbage because I saw Jordan pass off <laughs> to Steve Kerr, <laughs> you know? Um, and Paxton. give the ball up once to – well, he gave it up to Pippen who passed it back to Paxson. Or no, yeah. I think he gave it to, anyway, whatever. Um, But the point is, is that, you know, you make the smart play and Dame will do that. And Hart was wide open and Hart drilled it. And Hart's, Hart's a good player. He should be able to make that. So now, you know, you've already sent a message in the first 13 games. We got four dudes in the last, you know, few minutes of a game who can beat you with a shot. And it's not They're not scared of taking it and Dame's confident they can take it. And they've made it. Now they're no, they're not going to make all of them. And Phillips and made this point: is like, look, we won a couple buzzer beaters. If we don't win those buzzer beaters, they could go either way. Sure. You know, instead of being nine and four, you're seven and six, and people are freaking out. So you got to be, <laughs> you got to be a little bit, you know, pessim not pessimistic, but uh, uh, just be fair that some some nice things have happened to get them to nine and four. It's not like they've been dominant in every game, but that's how you become a really good team in the NBA because what's going to happen in the playoffs? You're going to have those moments. And so I look at this team, man, if I'm an opponent and it's, there's two minutes to go or 20 seconds to go, who am I stopping? Who am I stopping? There, there's four guys out there that can beat me. Who am I going to key on? I'm going to probably key on Lillard, but he's going to give it up. He's not going to shoot some fadeaway step back, jacked up shot. He's going to make the smart play. So yeah, I think the fact that they pulled it off twice on the road in this trip was a huge deal. And not just the buzzer beaters, like just, other clutch plays, big shots late in games to, to fend off teams or to extend leads when the other team's trying to come back and you know sort of be a stopper shots, so to speak. Uh, they they did a lot of those as well. What was the
1: storyline down at uh, the practice facility today? I mean, what were the players talking about? What, what was on their mind coming home after that long trip and looking ahead to obviously KD's in town on Thursday, but they've got the Spurs on Tuesday night?
0: Yeah, I mean, pretty much... Uh, there's a lot of talking with well, Grant. Talk. Grant doesn't say a lot. So we talked to Grant about Grant and <laughs> about his fit on this team. He's he's not he's not a quote machine. He's very nice, very cool guy. He's better one-on-one than in a group. Um, but, you know, we talked to him. And then, of course, uh, we talked to Dame about Grant and sort of about where this team is and if they feel like they can sustain this success. Of course, they do. But they acknowledge that, hey, you know, it's early. I mean, it's 13 games out of an 82-game season, 69 to go. If you go look back at even some of the best teams um, the last few years or ever, you look at their their schedule, they all have those stretches. <laughs> you know, they lose six out of eight or four in a row or whatever. Um, so it's going to happen at some point with this team. I mean, we, we don't know when, but it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, nine and four, what does that put you on pace for? I don't even know. I have to do the math in my head, but 60-something wins maybe. Um but so that's that's probably not going to happen. So there's going to be some bumps in the road along the way that they're going to have to figure out. But as Damien said, look, you know the continuity is there and the defense is there, and as long as those two things are there, you're going to be in a position to win a lot of games.
1: It's not all sunshine and rainbows. There's uh, some warts <laughs> there, and um, the turnover bug. Um, you know, yeah, obviously, w- w- what's what's Chauncey have have to say about that, or what do the players have to say about you know that, which is obviously one of the easy things you can point to that's been a problem.
0: Yeah. So first off, they're on pace for 57 wins right now. Um, So yeah, that's something that was kind of wild because they were committing a lot. I remember a 20, an 18, a 19 in there. Um, Right now, hold on, I'm trying to call this up. Uh, I think they were third or fourth in the NBA in turnovers per game. Um, But what Chauncey said is that some, like one point he made is that if you look at the points were allowing so many were coming off of turnovers. And if you I think one game they gave up 27 points off of turnovers, but they still it was one of the games they still won. Um, but you know, if they shut that down and play in the half court, they're they're shrinking their points allowed. Now no one's gonna go super clean and turnovers. The the NBA's best right now is Toronto at still 12.4. So you're going to get, you know, at least 12, 13, 14, but the 19, 20s is what kills you. Right now they're at 16, at 16, 2 because their last two games they brought them down. Uh, I think they only had nine against the Pelicans and I think only maybe 12 against Dallas. I can't remember. Um, so they they've brought that down a lot, um, but they're still 16.2, which I said like a sixth most in the league. But he's just said, look, Everyone's still learning each other. Everyone yeah. Offensively, there's still a lot of bugs to work out. And so one thing he said is that people have to be um, extremely aggressive in getting to their spots on time so that they don't force the passer to maybe hesitate or wait. And if they hesitate or wait, it's almost it's not, it's not diff- anything different than football. When a guy runs a corner route, you got to f- anticipate it and get it out there. If you wait from the break... And then hanging out there late, the safety flies over and gets it. Same thing in the NBA. If the guy cuts, it comes around a screen to the top of the key and you hesitate, that split second allows the defender to recover, pick it off, take it down the court and score, which Jimmy Butler did a couple of times in Miami. Uh, So he just said that, you know, everyone's got to just be better and getting to your spots and then trusting each other to be in your spots and passing it without hesitating. And he believes that will iron itself out over time. Uh, So he's not overly concerned yet.
1: All right, so what do we know, Aaron, about you know the health of the team? Obviously, lots of teams have a bunch of little injuries, people missing time. Um, beyond uh, the Gary Payton issue, do we know anything uh, as they return for this brief home stand?
0: Well, speaking of Payton, he's he might be back this week. Chauncey says he just hasn't been ready, condi- reconditioning, trying to get his body back into shape to play at, at the NBA level to, to you know absorb contact, sort of be. Uh, 100% useful and feel confident physically. So, you know, that could happen. I mean, any day, as soon as he feels ready to play, you know, they they can get him out there. It just hasn't happened yet. I know, uh, Chris Haynes reported that it was supposed to maybe be the 15th of November. Um, I was told that that was a possible date, not a firm date. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I don't believe anyone else has anything serious. Um, so they could, they could all be back you know, as early as the Spurs, or maybe they get more rest. There's no new injury report out yet at the time we're recording this, but Nurkic had the adductor soreness, which cost him a couple games. Um, But again, it wasn't believed to be serious. Keon Johnson hit pointer again, not believed to be serious. He could be back at any time. Uh, Winslow was non-COVID-related illness. um, So I expect him to be back probably for the Spurs. And then Sharp had the finger. They fractured, but he returned. That only cost him one game, and he returned for the Dallas game. So that's where they are. They're relatively relatively healthy, nothing serious. No one out for 10 days or anything like that that we know of other than uh, Peyton could be back at any minute. So that's where they are. Yeah
1: without looking out too far, I mean, obviously you've got anytime Kevin Durant is in town, um, that's going to be interesting. And they've obviously have rebounded a bit um, since the Steve Nash firing. Uh, And then obviously the, and then the Kyrie thing, we're not even going to go there. It does. You know, I was, I was prepared since I'm going to be there to, you know, for that to be a pretty electric atmosphere and maybe his first game back, but it sounds like he's not on this trip. So that, yeah. solves that then obviously and then the jazz on saturday um you know two of the best storylines of the of the season we're gonna know a lot more uh as is the case in every nba season right there's a storyline in every game
0: <laughs> there's always something right there's always something uh yeah the nets have been but well, they're four one four to six um i want the blazers to smash durant just because durant thought he was too good to even include the blazers on his list i think durant here <laughs> durant here could have a great chance of winning a title but no you know he didn't want to include portland on his list so i hope the blazers just smack him down i'm so disappointed Durant. so many different reasons but that's on my own personal issue anyway we all good anything else no i think we're good thanks for right. uh
1: you know carving out time after your your jet lagged you know mega trip it's
0: crazy <laughs> man great stuff it was, but it was fun. I appreciate it. All right, that's it for the Blazer Focus Podcast, supported by Zoom Care beyond better healthcare. Again, I'm Aaron Fentress. He's Andrew Thien, and uh, I'll be back soon with Bernbach coming back and get his take on this team as we look forward to some interesting games coming up. Be sure to click that subscription button and leave us a five-star positive feedback. We'd appreciate that. And tell your friends, catch you next time.